I didn't invent the time machine to win at gambling. I invented the time machine to travel through time. Podcast League versus Back to the Future Part Two. I'm Matt Derson. Inferno here, <laughs> and I'm Josh Lingle back from the future. Oh, good one! You are back. You're back from the future. Welcome. How's the future? Yeah, shitty. Oh, of course. Is Clay <laughs> still here? Oh, there he is. Okay, Clay. Welcome. I'm here. Uh, so yeah, we were, were we we did Temple of Doom. Now we're going back to another one that we did a while ago. We did the first Back to the Future. Now we're doing the second Back to the Future. I like this. We're just gonna keep doing the the middle trilogy movies. <laughs> well, I to to bridge a gap, I, I came across one Indiana Jones related trivia thing related to this movie, the futuristic outfits. Oh. Uh, worn by the characters were designed by costume designer Joanna Johnston, who also worked on Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Thank you very much. Yeah, this Early is um, dropping them. Thank you. She's worked on a lot, like since. I mean, I think back then she was kind of just starting career a little bit, but she's been she does she's done a lot of Marvel and Star Wars <laughs> stuff now. Yeah, I see her name a lot, but I saw her on some. One of the documentaries I watched, and uh, yeah, the, these futuristic now, did costumes you go, are. Did you find a bunch of stuff about this on on YouTube, or just like in general about Back to the Future? You saw some. I'm going to tell you something funny. I watched the DVD. <laughs> Can you <Whoa>. believe it? <laughs> I watched it on Peacock, and I I was like bummed that I didn't own it and to get the extras. So, tell me about the DVD extras. There were a lot of extras. Uh, there were deleted scenes and, you know, a couple of different, There, you know, the same digital whatever that they have probably now. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, whatever the making of. And I didn't watch all of it, but there was a lot of stuff. It was interesting and it was fun to watch it DVD. When the movie came out, like a behind the scenes kind of like thing that they made, like for tv yeah like a commercial kind of, that was pretty fun because it was from the time you know well, there is a lot that w- i mean i know you can say this about every movie but like this movie had a lot going on <laughs> like a lot went into the making of this movie yeah yeah so it was um it was pretty it's pretty crazy and like i mean obviously we'll get into it we'll get there but the uh the technique, the Vistaglide cameras that they used to film the same actors, you know, playing different roles in the same scene was like pretty, pretty crazy, pretty revolutionary at the time. Obviously, this is pre-CGI. Not only that, but also making the actors look old, like in yeah. different, <laughs> you know, that was I saw something with Thomas F. Wilson, uh, of course, who plays Biff, talking about like. 
pieces of the makeup are like falling off his face, you know, like, like I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting. Like to me, it's a great, like sort of not just, not as, is it to me, I'm, I guess, spoiler the warning. This is a great movie. I love this movie, but like looking <laughs> back and seeing how they did it, you know, it's very fun. I thought it was uh, just a fun pick because I knew that everybody, even if, you know, if John was here, like everyone would love to talk about this movie. There is so much going on with it. And it just brings me think because because life is, itself is difficult and hard. And I just thought that this <laughs> would be bring a just like a, a, a shot of nostalgia plus like reminder of how great that movie was and how how important it is probably i don't know speaking for myself but it's important to me this movie's like way up there as far as like on the top movies ever uh yeah i think this this trilogy of movies is definitely you know it's historic and it's it's great and you can always i can always watch it and of course we know they filmed two and three at the same like back to back not at the same time like sam samus but yeah back to back so as soon as they finished Literally, as soon as they finished filming this movie, they just packed the crew up and everything, and they went and they started filming part three. And Robert Zemeckis would like film during the day and then go back and like do editing during at night on part two. I actually heard that what they did was they filmed it at the same time. Sometimes they would like have to be filming parts of two and then later on in the day be filming parts of three. Oh, maybe they, yeah, maybe they did that too. I don't know. Yeah, it was hard. Crazy. For, I mean, not hard, but like that the characters would have to be like, okay, like I'm young Marty and right. 55. <laughs> and then like, you know, like the, the afternoon shift is like, okay, like a regular yes. Marty <laughs> in 1885. <laughs> you know? Afternoon shift. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I remember. I do want to say this, too. So uh, this came out November 22nd, 1989. So just or before Thanksgiving, I think. I think, in fact, I remember going to see this like during during the day. And I think yeah. it was like a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was like a half. No, like school. me, too. Like, I definitely remember. Yeah. And I think I was so I was like 13, probably. And like, yeah, I think it was like. Like I got dropped off the movie theater and watched the movie and, you know, no parents or anything. I I don't know that that's the first time that that happened, but I remember it being just a cool feeling in the middle of the day, leave school, you go to the, like your parents take you to the movie theater and you watch a movie. And I'm like, what? I was wearing my future glass sunglasses from Pizza Hut waiting in line. (laughs) It was epic. Oh my god, that's awesome! I don't remember that, but and there we was. So that's one of the things I think that makes it a, a such a great movie for me is that I remember seeing it like specific. I remember having that great feeling of wow. Yeah, anyways, earlier probably, that year I'd gone to see Batman, but then it was even like years later until I had my own car or something before I was like going to movies like. Un, unadulterated, right. let's say. Un- <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't see this movie in the theater. I think I only saw it on TV. All right, let's do this. Really, let, let's let's barrel through this. So we open up 
The same way, like the last scene of the first movie, Marty opens the garage door and he's got his pickup truck and it's great. And then we get a different Jennifer right off the bat. <laughs> a different person. Right. It's Elizabeth Shue, Oscar winner. Not, a, not at the time. She won an Oscar later. So I don't know if you guys read this. Claudia Wells, who played Jennifer in the first movie, just stopped acting because her mom got really sick and she yeah. was not available to do this movie. They just recast her and they put her in a wig. They put kind of a weird wig on her. I don't think that yeah. I had no, known that or noticed that like until maybe really? just watching it this time, that it was somebody else. I mean, because she doesn't really do much. She, she passes out. They, yeah, they she passes out a lot. Even yeah, they they originally were like, oh, like we kind of filmed that as a gag. Uh, we we wish that we had not included her in the car when they went to the future. So they kind of kept trying to write her out of it. Kind of stuck. Like yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's fine. It works. But it's, they make everything it, work in this movie. Well, that's, Even that's true. All the obviously, they have. There uh, are some challenges. Do. But yeah, this is the first one. Claudia Wells is not doing it. I mean, Elizabeth Shue is fine, but clearly, I mean, I guess it, they fooled you. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't even care because I, well, I didn't I guess think I was did. paying attention to her at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I love so. And just like in the first one, Doc drives up and he says, you got to come back with me. And I love the there. It's a, there's a slight difference here when Marty says, what happens to us in the future? Do we become assholes or something? And Doc gives kind of a funny little like, almost like a wink at the camera or something of us because he's almost like, oh, should I tell him he becomes an asshole in the future? <laughs> Which I don't think was in the original one, but he does kind of go like, hmm. And then he goes, no, 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 Marty. You and Jennifer do not fine. So, and they did film both. They, they, reshot everything like including the the way he's like testing to see if there's any more beer in the miller high life can and the and the banana right. peel like they like reset up the thing from years ago you know like they shot the whole thing like, yeah Back yeah the future must be like the movie with the most reshoots because like they filmed so much of the first movie with uh what's his name there eric stoltz yeah that's true oh, right you're right that's true yeah and then they had to reshoot it all with with Michael J. Fox. Yeah, and then they had to do all this 1955 stuff again. I mean, it's crazy. So, yeah, I wonder if there's some kind of record. So there is one other difference, though, in this one. Biff, old Biff, 80, 1985 Biff comes stumbling out. He's all fat and gross. And he's like, hey, Marty, I want to show you my matchbooks. And then he sees yeah, the because DeLorean. he had just in the first movie he had just gone in like oh I just finished uh you know polishing the truck Marty or whatever right George. yeah Biff is now kind of like a he's like you know, in the house right at that point and he's kind of like of course everybody remembers yeah yes Biff sir it's no, a reply no or whatever yes oh <laughs> so yeah he's like waxing the <laughs> waxing the cars and everything so um. But yeah, he's, and then he sees the flying DeLorean and he's like, what the hell is going on here? So then we get the opening credits. Uh, no Huey Lewis. Uh, I'm a little, I was a little disappointed, to be honest, in that. But what are you going to do? <laughs> um, so they're flying. The DeLorean is flying. 
And uh, they're in 2015, Doc tells them. And Jennifer's all like, what? And they tell her she's in a time machine and she's asking all these questions about how they get married and how many kids they have and blah, blah, blah. And Doc gets out his little, it looks like the Ghostbusters thing. You guys, I don't know if you know, <laughs> the thing that detects yeah, the ghost. Yeah. And he, he knocks her out. He says, it's sleep inducing something. So she's, she's asleep. And she was asking too many questions and, and everything. Anyway, hey, why she you bring her? I know. Marty's like, what'd you bring her for? And it's almost like the writers are asking that same question. Anyway, so yeah, they land and Doc explains to Marty kind of what's going on. They have to stop his son from doing a dumb thing that's going to like spiral his whole family out of, I guess, becoming assholes or something. So, Well, yeah, Marty- his, his son, right? And they, they kind of yeah. drop it when, you know, they kind of drop the whole thing with his son. Yeah, I mean, his son factors it when they go to the cafe 80s. But yeah, he's Mar- He's telling Marty, like, don't look at anything and don't interact with anything. And Marty's like looking over his shoulder, <laughs> uh, which is really funny because Marty wants to know what's going on in the future. And he's like, I'm a rich rock star. Right. And, and everything. I mean, every kid like Marty's supposed to be like 17 or whatever. And I love it because like Michael J. Fox is now 29. If you can believe that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I love it. They give him the jacket that doesn't fit, and it, it, I, I love it. I mean, how come we don't have that shit? The power laces? Oh, my God. Yeah. So, anyways, I remember hearing, like, a lot they of... Made those, they made those shoes, I remember? Oh, that's right. They did as, like, a gimmick, not, like, something you could just go out and buy, right? You can buy can them I... from Nike, or if you have $50,000, you can. Well, yeah, right, I mean, that's the thing. For, like, people that can't lace um, their own shoes, like medical. Oh, I thought it meant, you can't lace my boots, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so they are, they are a thing, but not like, I can't just order them and have, I mean, I, mean, I suppose I could, but. If you had the right, money. I, I have a list of all the, the prediction stuff we can get into later. Alright, Like what yeah. stuff came, might, maybe came true or didn't. A lot of companies wanted to get in on it. Like they wanted to be in the future scenes like Nike and, and a lot of other, uh, Black I think and Pepsi. Decker, AT&T, yeah. the, uh, Pizza Hut. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool. Like Mattel. in the future, like, yeah. Like, so Pepsi. Of anyway. Yeah. Pepsi Doc is. Yep. Yeah. I love they have Pepsi Perfect is the the brand. I love that. Why don't why don't we have a Pepsi Perfect? Why don't they use it? Doesn't matter. So, yeah, you uh, want all these he, things from the fictional do, future do. that doesn't exist. <laughs> it's true. It doesn't exist. At least we have Zoom right, so and Doc's, Skype. I know. I mean, that's basically what he uses later to talk to needles. All right, so Doc says, go to the Cafe 80s, wait for a guy named Griff, and tell him you are out, because he's impersonating his son. And he, he Doc tells, he shows them the newspaper, which I guess they, we still have those, sort of. But uh, yeah, he says, you know, your son gets arrested, and, you know, it's because of this. And so if he doesn't go, he won't get arrested, and everything will be fine. And his daughter will get arrested when she tries to break him out of prison. So it's a whole thing. So Marty goes into the Cafe 80s. And 
Oh, first of all, he he walks by like an like a vintage store basically, and he sees the sports almanac in the window, which is and foreshadowing Nintendo, a bunch of cool stuff in there. Yeah, there's like an old computer. There's a dust. Well, the dustbuster gets pointed out to him later, but yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, he sees that. Then he goes into the cafe eighties, and he sees old Biff. Older Biff, not old Biff 1985, but this is 2015 Biff. So he's got to be, I mean, how old is how old is Biff at this point? <laughs> he's elderly. But I love it. Biff has like a cane with a little hand on it that he can go, hello, hello. <laughs> so Biff tells him that Marty McFly Sr. took his life and flushed it down the toilet. So Marty is like, wait, what did I do? Uh, what do you mean? I flushed my life down the toilet. And it's just more foreshadowing. There's more foreshadowing in this movie than any movie that you'll ever see. So anyway, then Griff comes in. Griff is also Thomas F. Wilson, which is crazy because he's like huge. <laughs> but yeah, so we have, I think Thomas F. Wilson must play more people because he plays 1955 Biff, 1985 Biff, 19, I mean, 2015 Biff, alternate 1985 Biff. Like, I mean, this guy, <laughs> he comes in, he's Griff. And he wants his car waxed again, which is really funny because during this whole scene, if you look out the window, old Biff is still out there waxing the car. So anyways. Um, so I he, have a I have a knowledge drop on that. So Leah Thompson please. and Tom Wilson. He's keep calling him Thomas F. Wilson or something. That's his, I mean, oh. his stage name. But yeah, oh, go his, ahead. Uh, his actor's guild name. I, I just yes. didn't see it. Uh, you and but, Tom uh, are on a first name basis. Yeah, yeah. Tom are the only actors to play the same characters, young and old, in four different time periods. 55, uh-huh. 85, alternate 85, and 2015. Thomas and Wilson uh-huh. also appear in 1885 in right. Back to the Future 3 as the wife of the first McFly and a mad yep. dog Tannen. Yeah. So that was so an four. interesting yeah. uh, little tidbit that you had mentioned. Right. And I thought I would drop that. Yeah. On. Yeah. I didn't have the exact uh, four different times. So anyway, they're, while they're outside, Marty sees wild gunman set up there, which is more foreshadowing for the next movie because it's like, a you know, it's a Western and he shoots the, all the guys. And one of the kids is Elijah Wood. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, it's like a baby's toy. And they don't want to play. Kids. I and all, that's, that's also my list of uh, things, because now we have like Oculus and all that, where you don't use your hands. Babies. It's toy. true. Yeah, and there's a baby soon. <laughs> so this is where Marty Jr., the real Marty Jr., comes in, and he's like, huh, Pepsi perfect. Like, that guy, Marty Jr. is the worst. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, because he has like, he could just press a button and his like jacket wouldn't be all messed up. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe those dumb hats, they sell, they sell those hats. They the sell those that hats. are like rainbowy and they look so yeah. stupid. I hate those things. <laughs> well, yeah, they sell, but yeah, maybe, I don't know if he broke his jacket or whatever, because one sleeve is all floppy and, and whatever. And yeah. Of course, this is Michael J. Fox playing his son as well. So this is more of the Vista daughter in a weird. weird I, uh, <laughs> I've seen this movie hundreds of times, and I haven't noticed until I just watched it again the other day. Um, the his son Marty Goofy Goofy Marty, whatever his Goofy, name is Marty, Marty. Marty. 
he's got he's got brown eyes, and Marty has like greenish blue. No way! I never noticed that. Oh wow, that's awesome. It's just, just like one of those weird things. I was like, I don't wow. know what like I, I was like, holy crap, that's different. <laughs> that's insane. That's great to give him a little, just a little bit of different, you know. Anyway, so Marty Senior hides behind the counter and he listens as Griff and his the same thugs, except that now there's a girl in there, I guess. They're not really the same thugs, but most of them are the same. And he's and he's like, Have you made a decision about tonight's opportunity? And he's like, Oh, well, I should discuss it with my father first. <laughs> and so they beat him up, they throw him over the counter, and, and he's like, Okay, Griff, I'll do it. And Marty Senior is like, Yeah, he's a wimp, and he takes that. <laughs> He takes your hat, favorite hat, and he goes up and so he can pretend to be his son. And he says, the answer is no. And then this is something that I didn't love. Like, he's about to walk out. And when he says, what's wrong, chicken? And this becomes a theme throughout this whole movie and the next movie, which they never did in the first movie. But I guess eh, whatever. I, and I, I came across an explanation for that. They realized that Marty had no weaknesses. He had oh, no, I basically had no flaws, and they decided to run this joke into the ground. To uh, they really, yeah, to, to do it. <laughs> yeah. The With chicken the exception joke. of the fact that every time they do make some sort of decision that's like a callback from you know fifties, like downtown to you know like how how all the sets and every like almost everything is like. It's it's perfect and a, like a welcome callback, and you're not sick of it usually. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, that's, right. They, oh, look, they're standing in front of the clock. You know, like when they first built it or whatever. You know what I mean? It's cool. Right. No, there's so much cool stuff. But, but yeah, yeah the, this the one thing, thing they is, definitely is overdo. Kind of overdone. It is overdone. You are you are yeah. completely correct with that. Eh, I, you're, I mean, it makes sense now. Like to hear you say that, that they needed some, they needed to give Marty something. Otherwise he's just, he's a, just such a, a, a good old boy, you know, such a good boy. He has no flaws. Right. So anyways, when Griff calls him a chicken, he's Sleeping like, all clothes, right. I slept in my clothes till I was fucking 28. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not really a flaw. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. So anyways, yeah. And I love even Griff's, Thug has like a little thing that he presses on his chest plate or whatever, and he goes. Bah, 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 bah. So, <laughs> um, I need a, a noisemaker like that that just carry around push buttons. Yeah, if only in twenty, if if in the real twenty fifteen we had something that could make a chicken noise. But uh, yeah, so he's about to fight them, and then Griff pulls out a baseball bat and tries to hit him, and he, he misses, and he hits the the Max Hedrum. TV screen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Marty runs out into the street, and we basically get the 2015 version of the 1955 skateboard chase that they had, except now they're on hoverboards. He runs over, he picks up this girl's hoverboard, which is uh, it's really funny. It's it's, and so yeah, they're running, they're going around the square. It's basically the same thing that happened in 1955. And um, he ends up over the water. So the courthouse is like a mall with like a big lake. And they're like, ah, those boards don't work on water. 
Unless you got problems. Okay, so when you guys first saw that, were you like super excited about it? Like, like seeing yeah. someone use the Force in Star Wars. I definitely was like, and oh, I yeah. still kind of am still a little bit like, that's fucking awesome. What the hoverboard? Where, where's our hoverboards? Yeah. Just the yeah. hoverboard. I, the whole idea, and actually, in that that sort of making up that they shot at the time you know, not like a retroactive, like behind the scenes thing that either Bob Gale or Zemeckis is like telling the camera, like, Oh, they're actually a real thing. And uh, so we wanted to put them in the movie. And I, and that was like yep. broadcast on TV. And I think it convinced people like young me that they were an actual oh, yeah. real thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I saw it. And I was like, they're coming out. Oh my God. They are real. Then you're like, you're on the, you're on the playground. Well, I guess we're a little old for playgrounds at like 14, but we're just like, we're in right. Dustin's backyard, like punching each other and be like, yeah, no, I saw the thing that said it was real. So it's yeah, real, I mean, you know? definitely. Yeah. You we're all going to have does. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, they weren't quite real, but they had magnets and stuff that could kind of levitate it a little bit. And it was, it was really cool, though, because it looked amazing. And one of the things I want to stress throughout this whole podcast is that how the like all this stuff looks good. We're kind of just rattling it off. But like, it looks really I good. for 1989. I think it looks really good for even today. Like right? when I watch like Jurassic Park or this movie, like I go, I'm so satisfied, like being like those effects look good because crappy CGI looks like crappy CGI. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. good what, special what effects like, look good. Movies were good, like <laughs> turtles, like those animatronics were the they fucking were, bomb. They were cool. Yeah. Well, people Bad stopped man. spending money on the animatronics, I guess, right? And yeah. they decided to just do CGI. And sometimes, yeah, it looks bad. <laughs> what are you gonna do? And there's something about the Zemeckis. Um, I was also saying this about the last uh, Indiana Jones movie, like when like I couldn't give it like less than a B grade because it just looks that 80s like Spielberg, Zemeckis, like there's like a there's like a warmth to it and, and like a cuddly aspect to it. Everything like <laughs> looks good. You know what I mean? It's like certainly not gritty at all, even when they're like, right going through Even like old. a back alley yeah. like it looks it looks it looks like kind of nice like you could really live there you know what i mean and just like <laughs> the way they shoot the stuff their their dps or whatever like everything looks like really good and crisp and well the yeah. effect certainly well done definitely definitely well done all right so biff goes to get his pit bull which is a giant hoverboard basically with teeth and rockets and whatever and they try to s s knock marty out with the bat and he, they, he dives into the water they miss they go flying into the courthouse which is just a the window is just a hologram which is kind of cool but uh yeah so i love it he tries to give the hoverboard back to the girl and she says keep it i got a pit bull now it's one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. I don't know, just the way she says it. She's so excited that she got his grips. <laughs> yeah, pitbull. right. This little tiny girl. Yeah, because her, like, her her hoverboard was all pink and and like, yeah, it's, it's, it's metal. Like she's like, yeah, like you I got the, it, it reminded me of um, they probably just stole it. Like remember uh, Road Pig in GI Joe? 
he was oh, like yeah. Zar- Zarana's boyfriend or something. He oh had, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had like a a gigantic like steel pipe with like a piece of like concrete at the end of it. But he kind of yeah. looks like Biff Tannen with like the helmet with the spikes on it. <laughs> or Griff, it's Griff, right? That's Griff. Griff, yeah, yeah, Griff. yeah. Griff. Anyway, so, so the, side note: so, this is like yeah. totally bizarre too, and like totally unrelated to Back to the Future. But like the girl in this movie, like the the bad punk girl, yes, didn't she look like Brie Larson? Like, <laughs> I was watching it again, and I was just like, she looks just like Brie Larson. Oh, I, I don't. I mean, I, I she kind of does. I don't. I don't know. I, I looked up who she was. She's not really anybody who did much. I think her name is Spike. Um, but Darlene Vogel is her name. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get she, she has a, definitely has a Brie Larson vibe on this uh, on her IMDb page. So go check out our IMDb page. I am on my way. <laughs> you don't have to. I mean, but she's done a lot of TV. Uh, and she was uh, a voice in Red Dead Redemption. And these guys have like, video th- game this guys. doesn't look good given what are even like our expectations of when we, th- this looks great for 1989, but when we go to a convention, we don't see people with circuit boards, like makeup, drawn on their face you know what i mean like hers <laughs> looks cool but like the yeah. other guy that's like this is a jack kirby circuit board on his face that's obviously painted on that does not look so good but you know <laughs> they had borg to compete with i guess at the time yeah right so now we get an appearance uh by one of our one of our good friends i guess you could say charles fleischer who of course is the voice of roger rabbit which robert zemeckis just had just finished directing before oh yeah he's a real close friend of ours yeah close friend of ours uh uh, the story goes he did a did a convention around here with gary wolf who is our friend not facetiously and we were supposed to do a panel with him that's right and I guess there weren't enough people there, and he just left. Uh, I, <laughs> he just yeah. left our panel. I hasten to do this in Charles Fleischer's defense. That's not the only time that's happened to me. Neil Adams wow. did the same thing to me at Rhode Island <laughs> Comic Con. He was just like, Neil I can Adams make more money that my... Yeah, Neil Adams and Charles Fleischer are definitely not on the same planes of existence. But uh, he was like, I, I, I'm I mean, not going to do this. Not at the moment. He's like, uh, I'm not going to do this because uh, I can go make money at my table. Bye. Okay, bye, I Neil guess. Adams. Go make money betting on the Cubbies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I could see it, right? I mean, like, if you're going to spend an hour or so. In practicality ways, sure. People will walk. It depends people on what just, kind of celebrity yeah. you want to be. You know, right? Exactly. Some of these people maybe went to that convention to hear you talk, and now they—I guess that they can go to your table and hear you talk. But, but it's not the same. You know what I mean? Like people asking questions, and you just, i don't know—it's it, just weird. But now I'm to everybody. Yeah, you'll figure <laughs> it out. Same it was way. just weird. I mean, whatever. I'm, it is funny though because, like, on his table, I remember specifically on his table at the convention, he had pictures of himself. As this guy with the two ties and the, you know, whatever. He's like, ah, <laughs> yeah, stop a hundred bucks to say the clock tower. 
And he says, and Marty sees on a billboard that Miami beat the Cubs. And wasn't in everybody the- fresh off oh, no, production? The Cubs fresh off production of Roger Rabbit, like Bob Gale and uh and that they were all kind Zemeckis. of like, yeah, Zemeckis, they were all kind of just finishing that up and directly into this kind of surprise sequel to Back to the Future. They didn't really plan on doing, but they were it was so successful that they did it. Obviously. Right, right. So anyway, I, I, I got to reverse because the Cubs win the World Series against Miami, which Miami is a team now, so they didn't get that right. Um, but. Marty and one of the guys, oh, I wish I could go back to the beginning of the season, put some money on the Cubbies, just like just like Josh <laughs> did. And they, and they Marty, were only like a year off or something, because didn't the Cubs win it like the year yeah. after? Yeah, they were very, yeah, it's true, they were very close. I think, I don't remember what year, the, what, they definitely won it, and it was the first time they had won it in, you know, 80 years or something. Or ever, yeah. But uh, in 2016, <laughs> that's what it was. That's right. They're a year off. Sorry, Marty remembers the sports almanac and goes to buy it. And the woman in the yeah, she tries to tell him a dustbuster. He's not interested. But yeah, so it's it's sports statistics from 1950 to 2000, and it's all the victors. And Marty realizes he can place a few bets. And who among us wouldn't do the same thing, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, but I was thinking about this. Would you buy comics? Would you go buy like the first appearance of Deadpool or something? Well, here's <laughs> the here's the thing. I <laughs> yeah. I um I I like I'm a big fan of Carl Sagan, and I guess Carl Sagan was like, "This is the best." Like Back to the Future is the best time travel movie anyone's ever made. I like the way they dealt with the alternate future and this or that and that. But like, I wonder if like there's a butterfly effect kind of thing, like. As soon as he bets on the first thing and wins, like does that not affect like the baseball season? You know, I mean, I don't know. Like, Clay, say he wins on a boxing thing. I never effect. thought of that until just now, right before you started talking. I'm like, would he do that? And then you said it, and I'm like, yes. I was it's because well, I've thought a lot about time travel and stuff like that, like ever since this movie came out. So that's like. <laughs> And watch different things and like listen to dumb podcasts about theories and whatever. But I did think that like, what if it maybe like started to like not not completely make them all different, but like maybe like start to change the the trends yeah. or something. Different teams oh, start okay. to win, so that book becomes null and void after a little bit. Wait and wait a minute. So wait, you think that if you bet on a horse like Biff bets on a horse race in 1958? That's what Doc says. Does that would that and if he keeps betting, I guess maybe one doesn't matter, but like mm-hmm. if he keeps betting, does that change the well, like li- the listen, outcomes? Like, I'm confused. Like, I mean, uh, how would that change the outcome of the horse race? It, this could feel like, like could. I, I will keep it really, really short, but let's just say <laughs> this is this is really this is very Biff related too. I feel like oh, we could have no, a whole hey, podcast we're talking Biff. so, so like, let's say Biff, like wins a bunch of money and builds a huge tower in where is Hilldale? Is it in California? California. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Hill Valley. So Hill Valley. So, but you, you see how he like took all the riches and the resources and like sucked it up from the entire town. And now he's in control of them all. Right. So like, 
what if he like not necessarily like buys the the angels but let's say he's like messed up like the economy of the state of of uh california in a way so that the angels aren't as good of a team so it like, I see what you're messes up the whole like just one thing like leads to another kind of like almost like just yeah, an old geez. star trek episode like like this is how great. does it affect this is, this is deep this is this is like do you remember men in black three uh the guy like no it was every... mind erased no i like that one <laughs> i like that was the first one i saw i think that was good. No, well, I mean, there was the there's the guy. I think his name is. Oh, I don't remember his name, but anyway, yeah, like everything basically creates an alternate reality. You know what I mean? Everything you do creates another timeline, right? Like, right. and he's always like, "Oh, is this the one?" Like, like if if Tommy Lee Jones doesn't leave a tip, then like an asteroid's going to come down and blow up the Earth at the end of the movie. Yeah, exactly. So this, like, this is yeah. Like, yeah. Thing. This is what this is your Back to the Future version of of that. Exactly. I mean, hey, fifth future. Fifth is possible. It is possible. But but the fact that Carl Sagan says that this is the best way to deal with things makes. If I'm gonna default to say that I'm stupid, and I'm gonna agree with anyone. I'm gonna say, if Carl Sagan didn't bring it up while he was alive, then then it's not an issue. Then yes, and and just as a clever writing device, because we like comics and writing and everything, like the way they did figure everything out and piece all the puzzles pieces together was fucking great. Yeah, adding complications oh, to that doesn't help it. You know what I mean? Like it's just like my Rick and Morty brain going off. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like Rick and Morty, and that so. Well, I'll get to something in a minute when we get to old Biff. So, yeah, anyway, Doc shows up and they're about to go back to 1985 because their mission is accomplished. They have changed the future because they realize that Griff is now getting arrested and Marty Jr. is not going to get arrested and everything will be fine. So they're going to go back to 1985. And as they're about to go, Marty drops the sports almanac and Doc picks it up and He's all upset, and he's like, I didn't invent the time machine for financial gain. And Marty's like kind of rolling his eyes. Which I really <laughs> like. He's like, oh, God. So Doc's about to throw the thing in this cute little trash thing that moves around, which I think is really funny. And uh, they like discover the R2 that. R2 unit? <laughs> yeah, it's like a little trash compactor, but yeah, it's like an R2 unit. Gonk. So then he, he realizes, uh, he looks down the alley, and he sees that there are two cops who have found Jennifer unconscious in the alley. And they realize that they're going to take her home because her thumbprint never changes. So they 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 use her thumbprint. They find out where where she lives, and they're going to drive her to to Hilldale, which is as you as you said. And Doc thinks it could create a major paradox because if if Jennifer of nine of twenty fifteen runs into Jennifer from nineteen eighty five, it could be a problem. So they have to go and get her out of there. Meanwhile, he says, and I didn't invent the time machine to win at gambling. I invented a time machine to travel through time. He throws the book down. Me and old Biff comes out of like the doorway. He's been listening to this whole thing. And he now has he's, he gets the book and he has Marty's idea. So anyway, they go to they go to Marty's house, Marty and Jennifer's house in 2015. And Marty's all excited because I guess so he'll do it's is a pretty swank place in 1985, but in 2015, it's kind of a dump. I was trying yeah. to think of like a real life equivalent. Like wonder where, where would you live 
if there are some place around here that if you lived there in 1985, you'd be cool. And now you're like, Ugh. but I do say I feel I a little bit like in our hometown is a little yeah. bit like sometimes I go haven't... home and I'm like, oh, oh, this is nice. <laughs> I was here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think you're right. I love it. He's even says this is bitching. Which is <laughs> what a great eighties! What a great eighties! The sign says something like "the place or success that they built in the fifties or whatever," but then they like somebody yeah. like graffitied over it and says "the place for suckers." <laughs> <laughs> so many fun <laughs> gags in them. I know it's great. You really got to look in the background for everything. So Marty, you know, changes out of his kid, you know, his Marty senior disguise, and he's kind of just looking around. And he leaves the DeLorean unattended, and old Biff gets in it and flies away. And we don't know what he does. And we we don't know what he does. But anyway, meanwhile, Jennifer Do- wakes. Doc has a time machine. Doesn't think to put a bucket boop boop alarm on it. <laughs> right. Know? Well, it's Marty's ball. He should have left it there. Right. But yeah. but, but Doc yeah. said, Marty, come here. I mean, Marty could have locked the door. He does sort of it, it that's a weird scene too because it looks like it looks like it's filmed on green screen or something and then like Marty starts running over to Doc and it like looks fi- everything's fine for a second. It, like, well because they have really the bizarre. I think the flying car kind of I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, you know, I didn't think of that. You're to, right. Okay. That does make Meanwhile, sense. in their house, Jennifer wakes up. She has to she hides in a closet because as you Pointed out, Michael J. Fox as was it Marlene? I think Marlene McFly. Yeah, I think so. This is my least favorite part of the movie. Well, having him play his daughter, I don't know what to say. <laughs> why wouldn't they just like, get? Like why didn't you like it? I th- I thought it's kind of fun. I why don't they just get Jennifer to play the daughter? I, is oh, that weird? Yeah. Is that cultural? Yeah, uh, is that some kind of? I don't think anything overthinking it in current standards are like really. I don't think useful, it looks, but he doesn't I look guess, like a. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, to have whatever. Jennifer it's player, a, I guess cares, that would be the other right? thing you could do, right? I guess there's two uh, ways to do it. I always did think that there was a little bit of stubble from Michael J. Fox on Marlene, and that did kind of bother me. But yeah, <laughs> like, he, I mean, nothing. It's. Ugh. It or you could get like the way dreams work and stuff. You could get Lorraine to play it. Oh, Lorraine! Yeah, you yeah. could get. You could have gotten Leah Thompson to play her. Yeah, or somebody, anybody. I just didn't. I don't know. I didn't. It seemed weird because he's already playing the son, and now he's playing the daughter. I guess it's just whatever. Who cares? It's just a fun little gag, and I, I'm over analyzing it. But <laughs> you didn't like it. It doesn't look good to me he doesn't look like he looks like a man dressed up as a woman you know what i mean like just like you said he's oops he's got stubble and he just he his voice isn't right you know it's I, so <laughs> whatever speaking of lorraine her and george show up at the house and a, once again just like claudia wells this is not crispin glover this is another guy I, which I didn't know until like literally two years ago, I think. Really? My mind was blown. <laughs> I remember that. Like, I remember when it happened. I don't know how I found out, but somebody said, oh, yeah, I didn't want to do it. So there's different stories on what happened to Crispin Glover. One of them is 
he didn't get enough money. He apparently Leah Thompson and Tom Wilson were making like twice as much as him. And he's like, whoa, I don't, I don't agree with that. Like I'll do it for the right amount of money. It's not that he didn't want to do it, but he wasn't getting, that's one story. Another story is that he was unhappy about the way the first movie ended feeling that the McFly's wealth like shouldn't really con- constitute happiness or whatever, or lead to happiness. And he didn't like that. I'm sure it's the money, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. He's kind of a weird guy. Yeah. Oh, he definitely is a weird guy. He's a weird guy. I think it could be all of those things. and not. Yeah, just, it might be. Right. Be, You're right. Because it's probably also, a little bit of there's also this other thing, which is more kind of like a behind the scenes kind of like Screen Actors Guilds kind of thing. Like, so yeah, I was just he, getting to that. Yeah. yeah. So he filed a lawsuit against them for using his likeness because they used footage from the first, even though actually in two and three, a lot of the scenes were like reshot. Like it's a new enchantment under the sea dance because they had to get different coverage and stuff. But they used some yeah. of his footage from back to the future one in this yeah. movie without his permission and yeah. then uh and they didn't and he, pay he won he sued and won yeah yeah and yeah they didn't pay him that the use of prosthetics and makeup to create the uh the, this upside down guy that you see kind of you know yeah like Charles you don't see that many Weissman. close-ups of him um but they like you know, reconstructed Crispin Glover, Glover's face and, uh, and put it on his name. Okay. So he, yeah, he, they, he won the lawsuit. Me, settled out so... of court. What? I said it fooled me. So he I guess it did. It I fooled me too. Kind of the same thing as, as, uh, you know, as like Jennifer. Jennifer. Yeah. Yeah. As Jennifer, because you don't even I just know. didn't even care. <laughs> I, like girlfriend. to me, she doesn't <sighs> really, isn't really anything. You know what I mean? To well, me, like, she's it's in all this... about, no, I'm just She's saying this like, scene to me, a lot. Back to the Future is is Marty and Doc. Is Marty and Doc. Like I mean the other characters are interesting and cool but like you know in in this movie it's Biff. Biff is a big a big one, you know what I mean? And and they yeah, like, no, kind of Biff like is... are trying to write her out every chance they can get in this movie. Well, She's very involved in this in this scene because, well, I mean, not very much. She's hiding in the closet. She's the MacGuffin here. They have to get her out of there. So, but anyway, yeah, she overhears Lorraine and Marlene McFly talking about your father. How he he flushed his life down the toilet. He got his uh, in an accident with a Rolls Royce. He broke his hand. He gave up his guitar playing and you know and she says i think your mother married him because she felt sorry for him and this is like wow this is this is intense stuff to hear i would imagine and then marty comes home and you know he's like hey i'm all old and crusty now i just want to say something here and i know you we're all you know about the same age i am exactly the same age as marty mcfly would be in 2015 47 years old and he looks old like, I, mean, I was thinking that too. Like, yeah, they aged him up. Old. Aged him a lot. I mean, I don't, I don't look young. I don't think I look old. I don't think but I look that 47, old. Forty-seven. It's not as big as like if you go back to the fifties, but forty-seven in in eighties time, people right. did look worse than they do now. <laughs> oh, no, you're right. You're right. It's, but he is kind of like the George Jetson, like. 
he has like a a job and they kind of have that like 80s trope where it's like i bet the japanese are going to take over all jobs thing so the boss is like a japanese guy gung-ho you know that kind of thing yeah 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 i mean it is but he's yeah, miserable. He's a miserable guy. He's got his two. He's got a yeah. briefcase and his two ties. Yeah. He's gonna go to work every day. Yeah, he can't play guitar. He tries to yeah, pick up the guitar. Play guitar. To play, his, his, his scene screen thing is is worn out because he the guy called him a chicken. I don't know why that why that would happen. <laughs> no, I was like, why would you even call him a chicken for anything? What are you a chicken for not wanting to fix your your window screen thing here? But. Whatever deal, chicken. Yeah, yeah that's uh, yeah. We first of all, uh, yeah, I do want to point out the pizza hydrating thing. As you put, it's Pizza Hut, as you as you pointed out, Clay, and yeah, they're all having. This is a pretty cool scene though, because uh, it is Mar, uh, it is Michael J. Fox playing all three. It's him awesome. And his, it's and, awesome. And however you, you feel about him playing the daughter, like how they shot right. this is so cool. And like I was thinking that too, thing too, and it's like fruit, fruit. Yeah, (laughs) and she's on the phone like an '80s girl, or you know, even though it's 2015. But you know, yeah. And I mean, it it looks seamless. He's three different people in this one scene. It looks fantastic. So anyway, yeah, he gets a phone call, and it's it's Flea. So I didn't know who Flea was. (laughs) <laughs> in 1989, I have to tell you, I thought when I saw the name Flea in the credits, I'm like, oh, they gave the dog credit. Like, I thought it was Einstein. <laughs> you know, I didn't funny. know. I knew who the Red Shot. He's the in Red a Hot couple Chili movies. He's like in Repo yeah. Man or something, I think. He's like, oh, he's, really? <laughs> oh, he's like, and he continues to act. He's oh, like the perfect him. cameo if you like want to like be like a little bit punk rock, you know? <laughs> I didn't know who he was, so I just thought he was some guy. Anyway, yeah, so he's like, oh, we'll do this thing, and you, you'll all your money problems be solved. And then he's like, nah, I'm not going to do it. He's like, what are you, chicken? And so there's number two, the chicken thing. He, He's like, all right, here's my card. I'm in. And then as soon as he hangs up, the Japanese boss comes on the screen. It's And like we were saying, it's like Skype or Zoom or whatever. They It's like a big video call thing. I says, do like how it was like, um, it's like favorite favorite drink like scotch and beer <laughs> like yeah it tells you all this french yeah, fries and in- pizza <laughs> it, I, it's it's kind of terrible though as soon as that the guy comes on he says mcfry it's like okay. <laughs> i don't know about that but um so he fires him whatever it was this vague thing that they were doing that um yeah, it's like insider trading or something. And he's like, I was yeah. watching. Like, how yeah. do you not know that somebody else is on the Zoom call? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He intercepted <laughs> it somehow. He was, yeah, I do like the, um, he's like, read my facts. And he sends a fax. Yeah. And then, <laughs> for some reason, they think that in the future, like, people do use more paper than even like that we use now. So there's a fax machine in the closet where Jennifer is. Yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's like fax so machines all over the house. And they yeah, all like, it's gets out like 10 screen, copies right? of you're fired. <laughs> I know. Yeah, his mom gets one. She's like, Marty, what does this fax mean? <laughs> it means he's fired. But <laughs> I wonder if that's where the glass onion got it when they were like, yeah, like, uh, fax it to this one fax number. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> So meanwhile, Doc knocks on the window. He's, you know, he's outside. Jennifer 
you know, sees him. He says, go to the front door and, and I'll meet you there. And even though there's no doorknob, because apparently they use thumbprints to get in their houses. That's yeah. that's pretty convenient. I really they need I to mean, work on that. That's a, no, that's that. a thing now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, shit. Yeah. I need to get on that. Um, so I want to, I need a thumb pad. So anyways, she goes to the front door and just as she's about to walk out, they call her old Jennifer, but 2015 Jennifer comes in, they see each other and they both pass out and doc catches young Jennifer and gets her out of there. Meanwhile, so there's a deleted scene. You guys scene. know the dialogue there, right? Like, this is the funny thing that I don't think everybody catches. Like, the young one goes, I'm, I'm old. <laughs> the old one yeah, goes, I'm right. young, and they pass out. <laughs> Pretty funny. Because yep. it happens that at is, the same time. Funny. You can't yeah. exactly hear it unless you're, like, paying attention. Yeah, I think for a long time I thought she said, I'm home. I think your way is better, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so there is a deleted scene, which I watched on the DVD and it's not finished. And it was, so it was obviously never really great, but I, so old Marty comes out and picks up old Jennifer and he's like, ah, she's tranked again, <laughs> which I guess is kind of an indication that like she's on drugs, I guess, or yeah. I don't know, but wow. Like they do. There's a lot of insinuation that they're not really a great couple that they've they're you know, whatever. Cause earlier on, he's like, ah, I don't know where Jennifer is and whatever. So it's kind of interesting. Although, I mean, it's fine that they cut that scene, but it's really, it's pretty funny. She's tracked again. Cause she's like passed out on the floor. So, yeah. Cause she's probably like just <laughs> bummed. If she's like married, this loser. You can't even talk. <laughs> I know. Just, this is bum at the, as an office job. All right. So, um, yeah, as you pointed out, Doc says, Marty, come help. And he needs help to bring Jennifer to carry Jennifer. Meanwhile, Biff returns with the DeLorean and he gets out and he, he breaks his cane and he's kind of struggling and they never reveal, although it's in the deleted scene. Yes. I love that deleted scene. <clears throat> yeah. Why? The deleted so... scene is like pretty important. Uh, yeah. So... Why wouldn't they just leave this in? Because otherwise he's against. just kind of like flopping around and you don't know why. Yeah. Right? So, so he returns the door and gets out and he's like, oh, and there. And meanwhile, Doc is saying, you know what? This just proves we can't time travel. is just not a good idea. And I got to destroy this time machine. But before he says, he's, when he also says, oh, I'll never get to visit my favorite historical period, the Old West. There's more foreshadowing. So much foreshadowing. But meanwhile, so in the deleted scene, Biff, old Biff, disappears. Just like Marty was disappearing in the first one, you know, when he's playing guitar and he can see through his hand. But so apparently the writers, because I watched the commentaries, said that in their in their minds, Lorraine shot him at some point in like the 90s. So so future Biff, 2015 Biff would not exist anymore. This just really made me laugh. I liked it. Oh, they, they preempted <laughs> it, his death. Right. Well, yeah. So he disappears. Anyway, whatever. So there's another theory. Do you want to hear another theory? Yes. Why 
if Biff went back in time to give himself the sports almanac, was he able to come back to regular 2015? Whereas Doc and Marty, if they traveled from the future of alternate 1985, it would be alternate 2015. But why didn't Biff? It's apparently they covered this on the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> oh. Because Biff hasn't made a bet yet. So he wouldn't. He wouldn't do it till he was 21. He couldn't do it till he was 21. Right. And that's what I mean about uh-huh. the first bet, like this really affecting everything. About. It's the flashpoint. Right. Flashpoint, right. <laughs> so whatever. That's just a little little side note. Well, here's, anyway, a, here's get, another little side note, actually. When they, when they were like, we are making a sequel, like, uh, Universal or whoever was like, we're making a sequel. They're like, uh, great, I guess. I'm going to finish Roger Rabbit. <laughs> I guess he could do yeah. it. Like, let's figure it out. They were like going to have it be, well, two things. One is maybe the most interesting one, which is they were going to have a really, really long movie and then decided to break it up into, they, they right. gave them the approval. Like, no, let's not have this be long, but like, let's break it up into two. But they originally right. were going to have them go back to the sixties so that they could do, you know, like a sixties, like flower child, like version of, Back to the Future, and the way that we yeah. know that how these both these movies work out, you know, it sort of makes more sense to like not skip a decade to go back to where you can have these slash points in 1955. Uh, but, right, but but they were like, well, wouldn't it be cool to see like, you know, to see Lorraine like, you know, like all peace right. and love like and a, the Beatles and stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Like that would be cool. Right. I like to think about that. Maybe they made comics of that. So I'd probably read them. Oh, maybe, yeah. I think they did the right thing. So, yeah, oh, definitely. It's definitely. way better to go back to the, the the 1955 thing. So, yeah, and meanwhile, they go back to 1985 and they don't really notice anything, but there's subtle little differences and like they bring Jennifer to her house and leave her on the porch, which is a little weird, but whatever. I guess we don't know what time it is. It's dark, but we don't really know if it's you know, it could just be, it could be like six o'clock or something. Yeah. I think it's, well, I was going to say, do they go back at the same time? I of guess day? we could look at the, we could look at the thing. I don't know. No, I, I, like when they travel to a certain date, do they go back to the same time? I think, of day every I time think in this, not? in this universe, they can set whatever time they want. Oh, yeah. Right. I don't know. Because I was just thinking they just had dinner in 2015, so maybe it's just after oh maybe dinner yeah maybe you're right maybe you're right the new one yeah anyway either way so like Marty's like I don't remember bars being on the windows and the you know it's just a it's a weird little thing they go back to Marty's house Doc drops him off and Marty can't get in that his the door is locked so he climbs in through his window and there's a a young girl in there <laughs> and he's like oh. And then this, I I love this guy. This black guy comes in with a bat, and he's like, "Freeze, sucker!" Like, and no matter what Marty says, this guy answers it. He's like, "Oh, I'm just in the wrong house." He's like, "Damn, I'm in the wrong house." (laughs) (laughs) He's like, "Hey, I just made a mistake." He's like, "Damn, you made a mistake." Like, everything he says just just puts it right back on him. 
I so, gotta say they the same Michael Jackson uh thriller poster where he's like wearing like kind of a tuxedo. That was my sister definitely had that in her bedroom. Oh, really? when, uh, <laughs> and when this movie came out, she definitely had that like hey that it's exact awesome. poster. Hey, the thriller poster, man. I mean that's that's good shit. Then Marty runs out and uh, he sees like the the chalk outline or whatever on the on the street. I guess it's spray paint. It's probably not a chalk outline, but you know the, where the dead bodies were and and you know it's it's just that was some fresh blood though. That like yeah, that's, that's true. You're right. It <laughs> looks really violent there. I mean, yeah. Then yeah. we that is that when he runs into Strickland and then the drive. Yeah, he runs over to Strickland's. He runs over to he runs over to a house and he picks up the newspaper and it says. November, whatever, or whatever the hell, October, whatever, 1985. And he's like, this can't be right. And then, yeah, Strickland is there with a shotgun. And he's like, so you, the son of a bitch, has been stealing my newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, he's about to, like, shoot Marty, basically. And then there's a drive-by. And I love these, hey, Strickland, like, these kids shoot yeah, the whole like house they're driving up. by the, yeah. the fucking kill the school principal but the school hasn't even been there in six years like why that's what he said he they said like the waited they time. waited they were like he got yelled at when they were like uh 10 and then yeah, they get maybe. Their, their driver's license or not and they steal yeah, they car, just and steal they shoot up the guy's house what do you think they're sitting around be like what do you want to do tonight let's kill strickland <laughs> well if you run Strickland oh, yeah. totally reminded me of uh, his character in Masters of the Universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they were filming that kind of around the same time or something, too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah he comes out, he's like, eat blood, slackers! And he's like, shoot. And Marty <laughs> is just freaking out, and it's great. So Marty runs off to like the same town square that we've seen several times, and now it is just dilapidated and destroyed and it's on fire and there's there's nudie clubs for all over the like strip clubs and everything all over so my memory is fuzzy is biff's like trump tower thing like on where the clock tower is or is it like yes next yeah, to yeah, it or that's something? The, okay it's no it's the courthouse the bottom right floor is they even say it in the in the little biff tannin museum like video <laughs> oh, thing do. smoking required yeah. <laughs> all right since you brought it up there was a lot of comparisons well not a lot but i saw comparisons back in 2016 that like trump and biff they even kind of look alike you know trump running and the president all the gold and stuff it's like pretty right it's pretty crazy how gross he is <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i remember seeing that somewhere and i was like oh i think i posted on facebook it's a little scary Ugh. It's it's so um, yeah. Go look. I mean, there's a definitely a physical pleasure resemblance. Paradise, it says. Yeah, Biff Tannen's pleasure paradise. He totally based himself on grit on Biff. <laughs> he, I mean, he might have. He might have watched that movie and said, "Oh, you you know what? This is terrific. This is terrific." I'm trying to see where the but clock. Biff, Biff was the hero of this movie. <laughs> oh God, he probably did say that. Oh, the clock is kind of behind his head in the big yeah. marquee. So if you're looking at it straight on, you can't see it. But like just to the left of it, you can see like the damage yeah. still damaged. They didn't fix any of right. that stuff. Yeah, no, it's on top of it. Yeah. But yeah, they talk about Welcome like, bikers, it says. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's I, I can't even imagine. 
a place like this. I'm sure there must be somebody somewhere. But um, it's anyway, totally yeah, like, so like idiocracy style, you know? Yeah. Totally right? stupid and yeah. over the top. Love it. So, yeah, Marty's watching the video about, like, what happened. And Biff won, you know, a million dollars betting on a horse race and whatever. On his 21st birthday, it says. And then he, he married Lorraine. Like and, and and all this stuff and also um they talk about all the way back to more foreshadowing Buford Mad Dog Tannen. So and if you didn't think they were gonna make another movie or if you thought they were gonna make another movie and didn't know what it would be about, it's pretty clear it's gonna be a western. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> Marty uh, is like ah and Biff's guys find him. One of them is Billy Zane, by the way. I don't know if we talked about this before, but yeah, Billy Zane is one of the thugs. Hell yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having You mean Zartan? Is, is that was Billy that's Zane Zartan? Billy Zane. No, that's not Billy Zane. Zartan in the um Desert when the Baroness practicing the clarinet. Oh, oh, oh. yes. <laughs> You're right. Oh, but so anyways, he's one of the he's a guy in the hat. He's a guy in the cowboy hat. But um so they knock Marty out. He wakes up much like he did in nineteen fifty. Easy way, easy way. Yeah, that's very funny. And much like he woke, <laughs> just like in nineteen fifty-five, he wakes up and you know his his mom is there, patting him with a cold cloth, and he says, "You're you're safe and sound back in the good old twenty-seventh floor." And he's like, "Twenty-seventh floor," and he looks at her, and she's she's. I saw an interview with Leah Thompson where she said, "I basically was playing a drag queen." So like yeah, she's just kind of she's got this dress on and her she's got breast implants and she's wearing all this gaudy jewelry and she just looks ridiculous. <laughs> but hey, to hey, me, mom, you're so big. Yeah, I know it's kind of really freak him out, right? I mean, how do you? I gotta say though, like I love this movie and I love this part, this dark 1985 thing. But this part is really sad. Lorraine as like a sad old drunk. Married to Biff, like knowing that she that he killed her first husband. Does she know that? She must know that, right? Oh, she probably suspects it. It's like one of those right. things, you know. Oh. Um, can I just uh, lighten it up a little bit here? I wanted to let you know that after production wrapped, Leah Thompson took home the prosthetic of her love Lorraine's breasts. From 1985, <laughs> 1985A, as this, this right, thing alternate. is referencing. As the mold of her real chest, she didn't want it falling into the wrong hands. <laughs> like Gerson's 14 year old hands. I know, my hands would have been the wrong hands, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, anyways, so. It's it's sad though. I mean, isn't it sad? Like that. This is. I mean, she was kind of like a drunk in the regular nineteen eighty five. But yeah, I but mean, now she's she always kind of like, yeah, and kind of always hinting about her cocktails and stuff. Like right even back in the first movie. Yeah. So, anyway, so Marty's. I don't know, he's freaking out. Biff shows up and he's like, oh, you're supposed to be in Switzerland, you son of a bitch. And like he he beats up Lorraine, he punches Marty out. And we, we learn like all all of her kids are sort of like she's kind of she has to stay with him or he's going to cut them all off. 
you know, and like they'll all go to jail or whatever because whatever. He'll cancel their credit cards and everything else. So Marty's like, where's George McFly? And she says, oh, Oak Park Cemetery. And so, of course, they only had George be dead because Crispin Glover wouldn't be in it. But I think it is a good it's a twist. You know, it's a nice twist. <laughs> right. And they, they show that he was born on uh shares a birthday with a friend of mine here. That's right. That's right. It's on the tombstone. It says April 1st, whatever. And he 19th. died on the Ides of March on whatever year that he Yeah. Died. He didn't even make it. Two more weeks. He would have made it to his birthday. So Marty's upset. Doc shows up at the cemetery saying, oh, I figured you'd come here when, uh, you know, you heard about when I heard about your father. They go back to Doc's lab and he's got all these newspapers. And uh, <clears throat> I like the way he says, I borrowed some newspapers. It's what a nice guy Doc is. He's, he wouldn't even like, I'm sure the library, he says the library is boarded up. <laughs> I'm like in, in Biff's, in Biff's 1985, there is no library, you know, but Doc still wouldn't steal. He's like, I borrowed some newspaper. Sorry. So anyway, Doc explains the whole thing. What happened? He found because he found the top of Biff's cane and he found the bag and he found the receipt for the sports almanac. And they even look use a magnifying glass. They, they see a picture of Biff from the paper from 1958. And he's got the sports almanac in his pocket, which is a bit of a, a, little, a little bit over the top. But that's OK. I mean, whatever. 50s were back pocket times. You got Dennis I guess. With, his, <laughs> with his slingshot back there. You got Biff with his. <laughs> Sports element. People always sticking a coke back there, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. That's how they did it back then. It was the style at the time. It was the style at the time. Yeah. It, it Doc does a great job though, and I'm sure Carl Sagan would appreciate that. The explaining, like alternate 1985, and we've seen so many yeah, time travel movies now. Yeah. But like, yeah, this is this is pretty cool. Like, and it's basically what they do in Endgame. With uh, the master or whatever, and Doctor Strange, and he's like, "No, look!" And they illustrate it, and they're like, yeah. "This is how no. it is." And see, this one goes in this way, and then right. they did it in Loki or whatever. But that, the even that's way too complicated. The way they do it here is perfectly simple. Everybody right. can understand it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, because it's you know it's great because Marty is there to be the the dumb guy to explain it, but really where the Marty's the stand in for us. So doc can explain it to us what has happened and, and why there is a, you know, why they're in this hellish 1985. Yeah. He just draws a line on the chalkboard. He says, this is the present, the past, the future. And then he's like somewhere in the past. And he draws another line down. He says the timeline skewed into this creating 1985 alternate 1985, as you say, 1985, a, and like Doc shows like a newspaper of him where he's been committed. You know, they have the obituary for George McFly. It's, it's all very sad. So they figure out they've got to find out how, where and when Biff got his hands on the almanac. Young Biff. So Marty says, I'll ask him, which is kind of a cool hero. I like that hero moment from Marty, right? And he's like, I'll yeah, ask yeah. him. And he's all he's all a tough guy now. He goes into Biff's penthouse. And Biff's got two dames there in the hot tub. And he's watching uh oh, yeah. it's full of dollars. If you need it, I mean, I can I just at what point do you stop foreshadowing and it just becomes we're gonna tell you what happens in the next movie. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I mean, I I don't think I was thinking about it at all. What I, you know, what okay, I mean? uh, that never didn't occur to I me. Feel like the, there would be yeah. any Western stuff. I don't really? think I okay. knew. This is like the third Western reference that they have made in this movie. I mean, it's fine because back then you you didn't stream. You only well when I watch it now, of course. Right. Well, now then, you I know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it foreshadowing? If you know, I they just really drove it home. That's all. But it's cool. And so it's a cool scene. Fistful of dollars. Clint Eastwood is wearing like a metal bulletproof vest kind of thing. And the guy shoots him, and he he doesn't die. And the you know he pulls his jacket off, and he's got this metal plate under there. I just watched all those movies; they're so good. Oh, so anyways, Marty's like, I need to talk about something. You talk about Gray's Sports Almanac, and he's like, All right, you heard him, ladies. Party's over. So Biff explains to him when it was, and it was November twelfth, nineteen fifty-five, the same day that. The lightning bolt struck the clock tower and sent Marty back to 1985, which was only like yesterday, right? Like, <laughs> like in Marty's life. Yeah, and th- I think he says that he's like, "I was just here yeah. yesterday," and Doc's like, "You were here yesterday." yesterday. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Biff hears. I mean, uh, Biff apparently was told when he was given the sports almanac by his distant relative, as he says, which is actually him says if a crazy wild-eyed scientist or a kid would show up looking for that book and if that ever happened and he takes out a gun and he's gonna shoot him and marty does the which is something we i don't i don't know if you mentioned yet but yet the what the hell is that and biff like looks the other way and he (laughs) it works on him every time every version of biff falls for it it's kind of funny so anyways he throws the match again so there's a matchbook thing there that says biff's pleasure paradise but it is you know, whatever. So he takes a matchbook and he throws the thing at Biff. And anyway, Biff's trying to shoot him. There's a little chase. The guys, Billy Zane is there and the other guys, and they're running all around. Marty runs up to the roof. Biff follows him up there. He's he's like, you know, and he and he explains he killed George and he's going to kill Marty. And Marty appears to jump off the roof. And Biff walks over to the ledge and he's Knocked out by the DeLorean, the wing doors there. And uh, yeah, Marty just landed on the DeLorean that was flying right there. So that's pretty cool. I still don't think I could pull that off. Like to. <laughs> if you had to jump on the roof yeah, uh, or the yeah, of the door. Like, I'd oh, fly yeah. right off of my dad. Yeah, I would like majorly, <laughs> yeah. completely miss. <laughs> I wonder how, they, yeah, how he pulled that try, off. Attempt a Batman kind of rescue or he had to. Fly down and pick me up. Uh, maybe yeah. he did. Maybe I'd have to keep traveling back into the past two minutes to see. Just yeah, to, I would gotta, gotta try you. it again. Gotta You're try gonna it get again. this time. You're gonna get this time. Maybe I'll just tell him to be careful next time. <laughs> <laughs> so they go back to 1955, and I love this scene because Doc explains the whole like you cannot run into your other self. And also, Doc has this big suitcase full of money, which is hilarious. So he, and he's like, whatever era he is in, he can have money to spend in that time, which is funny because, you know, we talk about you, you like were saying that. earlier, you talk about, oh, I, I think about time travel. I think about time travel. And I do, too. I think about eh, time travel. Eh, that would be great. But you got to have money. 
You know what I mean? Like you would need money. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they thought of that. Yeah. You know, like, oh, or you'd yeah. have to like, I think about that even like in a practical sense, like this would probably would never happen. Like, what if you're stranded and you like need to like cross the country or something without any money? Like you'd have to like try to do odd jobs or something. I think that's what they do in the original series, Star Trek. They're like, oh, this, oh really? my, my friend with 20 years, he's really good with uh, fixing stuff. <laughs> I love it. He says, get, get, get yourself some 50s clothes. And he says, something inconspicuous. And Marty puts on his like crazy leather jacket and hat and sunglasses. And he's not inconspicuous at all, but it's doesn't matter. It's, it's a great gag. Like Blues Brothers. Which was yeah. the style at the time in the eighties. You're well. right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, he looks he looks good, but it's not really inconspicuous. But whatever, it's fine. It's rock and roll. People it are is. scared of him. You're yeah. right. He is a rock and roller. We kind of forget. So he he goes to Biff's house. He lives with his grandmother. This we never see his grandmother, but it it says like his grandmother has one of those like. Yeah, she's kind of like a Charlie Brown adult. So Biff goes to pick up his car after the manure incident from the first movie. It's actually kind of there was apparently a deleted scene where this is Charlie Fleischer again, but I don't. I, there's, there's no real indication of it now. But um, yeah, so he's like, ah, three hundred bucks. I'm gonna kill the guy. And, but so this is like kind of weird. This is the only other part that I really kind of like. Eh? Marty just hides in the back of the car. Because he's supposed to tail Biff until old Biff gives him the sports almanac because they need old Biff to bring the time machine back, thinking that he succeeded. Because otherwise, Marty and Doc will be stranded in 2015. So they need old Biff to give him, give him the sports almanac and then go back. Otherwise, they'll be a, have a major paradise, right? Mm-hmm. So all the stuff that they thought of is just crazy. So anyways. Brilliant. So, Yeah. So anyway, but this whole time, Marty is just hanging out in the back of the car. It's kind of weird. But uh, old Biff does come and talks to young Biff. And he's because Biff has a scene with Lorraine and he's like, and she doesn't want to have anything to do with him. And she bonks him on the head. But he says, someday you'll be my wife. And um, mm. old, Biff's, old Biff says, oh, I can make that happen. And uh this is the only scene, though. So, like, yeah, they drive back to his house, and he gives him this. He gives him the sports almanac, and he explains. He listens to a game on the radio. They find out, like, oh, like, you know, yeah, you can get the scores of all the games. There's only one scene, I think, when he hits him in the back of the head that you don't like. They look so good, like it's the same guy, you know? Yeah. Only, only that scene where he bonks him in the back of the head when he says, "Make like a tree and get out of here." <laughs> Which is, I still say that a lot. To just for- oh, that's a classic. That's a classic. You gotta he use says, that one. Leave, you idiot. <laughs> it's so funny. But yeah, I mean, it looks great, the two of them sitting there. So anyways, he takes the thing and he says, keep it on you. I guess that explains kind of why he was, he had the almanac in his pocket in the picture earlier, as we discussed, because he, old Biff says, keep it on you. So yeah. Anyway, then he locks the door and Marty's trapped in there. So he's like, ah, oh, shit. 
So Doc is like, okay, I'll, like he he they have walkie talkies, and he's like, Doc, I'm 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 trapped in Biff's garage. So, he, so Doc's like, all right, I'll try to find a way to get over there, because he can't. He doesn't want to take the DeLorean out in the daylight. So, anyways, that night is the enchantment of the sea dance, of course. So Biff is going, and, yeah. So he Marty gets in the car in the back of the car again, and Biff drives to the dance. Meanwhile, Doc shows up just as he's driven away. And Doc doesn't, you know, but this is the part, though. Yeah, Marty is talking on the walkie-talkie, like, right in the back seat. Like, wouldn't you hear him? Eh, who cares, right? But it's pretty funny because, anyway, I so they're talking. that the whole time with all the car yeah. stuff. Was like, and, yeah, and also like the Strickland right stuff. It's like, there's no way someone could even be breathing, like, two inches away from you and you don't see them or hear them, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so this is a great scene, though, because Doc is talking to Marty. He's, he's, he's riding along. He's telling them, like, be careful. Don't run into your parents. Don't run into your other self. And meanwhile, he runs into his other self. He runs into 1955 Doc. And I remember there was a back. I had the soundtrack to this movie on tape. And this this track was called Pair O Docs. That's amazing. Isn't that great? <laughs> <laughs> oh I do love to see two docs and, you know, he's he says, oh, can you hand me a five-eighths wrench? He's like, five-eighths? Don't you mean three-quarters? I mean, I love, and he's, I love docs making sure the thing is getting tight there and everything, and it's great. It's perfect. It's a great little scene. So anyways, so, uh, sorry. Biff eating Biff doesn't cause a paradox. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, not? it's not so much the the physical contact. I don't think. I it, think it's it, more it, just it's like the, it, it's a possibility that it could, and not necessarily it will. Right, right. I think it's more just like when you see your future self or your other self, you might it might cause, you know, something. <laughs> Biff's a meatball because he doesn't even realize that it's his older self. So. Well, right, no, right. I guess, like to your point, that's that's exactly. What happens? This what is the mean? consequences like, of well of Biff meeting his younger self. Well, I mean, I, it's not like part. time cop though. Yeah, where, like if you it, touch, if you touch your, did I you ever see time cop? Yeah. Well, the paradox is, yeah, you can change the future by giving yourself a sports almanac. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that is the paradox. I mean, it also did not mention that. So yeah, he didn't. You didn't pick that up. Whatever he left this earth with is uh, where my science stops. His, whatever he thought about Back to the Future is gone with him. Yeah. But I agree. Whatever it is. <laughs> whatever it is. You yeah, whatever it is. It. I might not agree, but I'd still agree. All right. So, yeah, they. I don't even, we can't even begin to explain the, the back and forth here with Marty trying to get this book out of Biff's pocket, basically. And then like Principal Strickland comes, he gets the, they're, they're looking through this sort of girly book, which is the Ooh same dimension. Yeah, it's called Ooh la la. It's so funny. But yeah, Marty has to go into the principal's office. And he, he's trying to get it. And you're right. He is literally sitting right next to him. And the guy has no idea he's there whatever but yeah he finally gets the book and he's like oh la la oh la la because he switched covers and then like marty's talking to doc on the walk he's like i don't know where biff is well it's hopeless we'll never find him 
and then you hear George McFly in the background from the first the, the dialogue from the first movie. And Marty realizes this is my chance. Biff's about to get knocked out. I can just go and get him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we get that replay. He punches out Biff, and he and Lorraine walk into the dance. And Marty shows up. And he's like, "Ah, it's okay. I got it. I know CPR." And he like pulls the sports almanac out, and Biff starts to wake up, and he punches him in the face again. <laughs> he's like, "He'll be fine." And I love this guy, this like dopey guy. He's like, "Did you just take his wallet?" I think he just took that guy's wallet. <laughs> and he's also like, "What's CPR?" Yeah, he's like, what? what? He doesn't know what CPR is. I guess that, I guess that wasn't a thing in the 50s. I don't know. I never Probably I don't know when CPR was invented. But yeah, this kid didn't know who it was. But that's like a, a fun moment. But then Biff's guys, Billy Zane and the other two, see him and they're like, hey, he's in disguise. And he, they chase him into the gym where the dance is going on. So Marty sees himself on stage from... 19, you know, whatever version of that is, the first movie, <laughs> he's playing guitar and he starts playing Johnny Be Good. And so the guys are like, oh, he's up there. We'll get him as soon as he comes down, which is kind of funny. I don't know why they didn't just jump him, but hey, let him finish. Yeah, let him finish his song. Maybe because there would be pe- too many people, I guess, you know, seeing them beat him up. So they go to the side of the stage and they're they're gonna beat him up and like this is another cool moment. So like we oh like you can kind of tell you can see like the blue screen effect around Johnny Be Good Marty as the other Marty is climbing oh right right across the top because he's he's gonna drop these sandbags on their head. There was still, a funny interview with Michael. Sorry, what? It Hello? still looks pre- it still looks pretty good. Oh, absolutely. For 1989, it looks fantastic. And yeah, I, there was a funny interview with Michael J. Fox where he said, I did that slide on my knees at 24 and it was fine. But at 29, that wasn't. wasn't <laughs> it was harder to do. <laughs> yeah, I can attest to that because I think yeah. I was I was playing music for around 24 to 29 and it got harder to do the stage moves when I was 29. <laughs> that is for sure. Anyways, just as he's hitting that final note, Marty pulls the string and the sandbags fall on the guy's heads. And it's it's a great moment. Um, even though you, you kind of know he's going to do it, it's still fun to it's still a fun moment. And I love when he swings down, he drops it on them again as like they're starting to come back. <laughs> and he's like, boom. So, and then when Marty, guitar Marty, Johnny B. Good Marty comes out, he sees them lying there on the ground. <laughs> it's kind of a funny moment. So, yeah, Marty's about to leave. He tells Doc he's got the book. Doc says, I'll meet you on the roof. And Marty stopped for a second because he's watching himself talk to Lorraine and George. And then Biff shows up and he wants to have it out. And Marty says, nah, no thanks. And he's like, what are you about? Are you a chicken? And there we go. The chicken thing again. Yeah, he's like, oh, really? He's like doing yeah. a good weird neck twitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh really you call me chicken and then they're about to fight and then other body comes barreling out the door and knocks marty in the face knocks him out and he goes down and biff sees he's got the book in his pocket he's and he's really mad he kicks him a couple of times and he's and he takes the book and he's gone so 
yeah, like, oh, my God, now what do you do? Like, they've just gone through all this stuff to get that stupid book. <laughs> I remember watching this thing, you're like, good God. Like, I mean, how much? Like, just get that thing. So, yeah. And then they, he goes up to see, to meet with Doc. And I guess right in, Doc, when Doc was pulling out, uh, he he pulled those flag, like, he, he was, like, those little flag things on a string. I don't even know what you call those, but... Uh, they were like attached to the sign that he was hiding behind. And he kind of like mm. so he ended up. He got he's got a bunch of those, which come into play later. They got to chase him down now and get that book. So they fly to the DeLorean after Biff. Marty uses the hoverboard to kind of like grab onto Biff's car, which she did in the first movie as well to on his actual skateboard to get around. But um, meanwhile, Biff is. Like the, he's actually listening to sports scores and he's like realizing that this is their thing that can happen. And Marty. Meanwhile, this is another thing that's ridiculous. Like Marty opens the car door and just, it's like, what? Like, wouldn't you notice your car door opening if you were driving along? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> so they, they're they're fighting over the book. It lands on the the windshield on the outside. So uh, it's crazy. They're tussling over it. Mar- he punches Marty a couple times. Marty is like, he ends up doing this. He's going to like crash him into the wall. Marty does this cool little flip. Grabs the book, lands on his feet in the hoverboard, and he's got the book. Finally. And then Biff's going to run him down. He's trying to get to the end of the tunnel. And then Doc drops those flaggy things. And they s- he flies him away. And meanwhile, Biff... When he's watching that, doesn't realize he hits a the same maneuver truck. Shit. <laughs> this time he gets three hundred dollars. Yeah, three hundred bucks. Ugh, gross. The manure. So meanwhile, the storm is coming. The same storm that you know the lightning bolt, the clock tower, the whole thing. And Marty, Doc tells him to burn the book. Now this is I know of all the dumb. We're talking about a movie about time travel, but. I'm watching this and I'm going, there's no way that match would like that. That thing would blow right out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but he does successfully burn the book with one match. I can't like anything with less than like three I matches. I was thinking literally like, I was like, oh, that's good special effects right there because they had that thing like drenched in gasoline so that the one match <laughs> would light it up, you know, perfect yeah. conditions on the set, you know, like there's probably right. like newspaper underneath it so it would just go whoosh. I know but I mean in, it's in real, raining too you know well, it doesn't, yeah it's kind of raining but then the wind and everything and it's just like it's ridiculous and <laughs> there's no way but whatever it's just movies so I'm not going to get too and we're near the end here so I don't want to get too into it but meanwhile yeah so he burns the, the book and practical effects they've ever done that's right <laughs> that's true burning a book so anyways, once he does that, everything goes back. All they have he brings out he pulls out his newspaper article about his dad and it says George McFly like awarded instead of murdered or whatever and Doc's thing says Dr. Emmett Brown commended instead of committed and it, it's a great moment. Everything is fine. And I love Doc Doc's line he says the future is back. Which is you know, not back to the future, but the future is back. And then um, the DeLorean gets struck by lightning. And it goes, and there's a weird little, like, sort of 99 kind of 
flame thing in there. And yeah, I, I was thinking. I, I was loved how that. I was like, is it eighty-eight or what? It's not. Oh, maybe no. It's, it's ninety-nine. Squiggle. I loved how Marty tried to like scientist explain to Doc. He's like, "What you're gonna want to do is make sure it doesn't get struck by lightning." <laughs> <laughs> like Doc is like not aware that the, there's lightning. <laughs> like you know, when I get struck by lightning, and it gets struck by lightning, and it's gone. It just disappears. And Marty has no idea what's happened. The little flag thing comes down, and it's got like a burnt end to it, and Marty doesn't know what's going on. And then this it's it does start to pour, and this guy drives up in a car, and it's it's all mysterious. And he says, Is your name Marty McFly? And he's like, Yeah. And he's like, Oh, Western Union. And he's got a letter from Doc from 1885. I guess we should have pointed out that, that guy's Doc like an SCTV guy. That, oh, that really? Guy, yeah, I recognize he's in a bunch of 80s movies. And I think oh, yeah. he's on SCTV. I want to look up his name. Oh, nice. Yeah, look that guy up. Um, I guess we didn't we didn't mention it, but yeah, like Doc was having a little trouble with like the time circuits, and he kept hitting them and and whatever. So, anyways, the scene, the next scene is great. Like, well, first of all, yeah, he like he reads a bit of the letter. He finds out Doc is from is is in 1885 and, and he's alive and and the guy's like hey kid you all right you need some help and he's like there's only one man that can help me and he runs off and we see the end of the like this movie's so crazy it began with the end of back to the future now we see another scene from the end of back to the future where doc is sliding down the thing to connect the whatever the whatever so that the lightning bolt will strike and the delorean will go back to 1985 and like, it's a great moment where as soon as Marty says, like, oh, only one man can help me, they cut right to Doc on the clock tower. It's great. As soon as the DeLorean leaves, Marty goes running around the corner. <laughs> and he's like, Doc, That's Doc. Great. It is a perfect. <laughs> it's so funny. And, like, if you are Doc Brown, you probably are like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. just sent you back. I just sent you back to the future. And he's like, oh, I'm back. I'm back from the future. And then Doc faints. And that is the end of the movie. If they didn't tell you they were doing a third one, wouldn't you be like, oh, like, you know what I mean? Right. But then literally they have like a preview right then of the next movie because they were filming it. So they they had stuff. But it's almost like maybe it would have been cool if they didn't tell us that. And it's just like, oh, my God, it ends with Doc fainting. And Marty's trapped in 1955. What the hell are they going to do now? You know, but, you know, we kind of figured they would get out of it. But like, it's pretty it's a just taking this movie by itself. What an ending, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, pretty great. Yeah. I, feel like I want to go watch Back to the Future 3 right now. I, I mean, I, I was thinking that, too. I still have the DVD set. Maybe I'll just pop that in. Yeah, I think I might do that. But like, what a we're not done yet. You can, we have to give our grades and our final thoughts here. What what do you guys uh, do? You have final thoughts, or who wants to go first? Does anybody want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Go first. Josh should go first because he's not on that often. And Sounds I like always, he doesn't have uh, always somebody. <laughs> always somebody like uh, the two of us are like, oh, I have to go first. Oh, I have to go first. We get into a little caddy. Oh, I'll, thing about like, it. I'll go first. I will so go Josh first. should go Caddy's. first. 
Yeah. Well, I guess right. I'll go. They were just like, I guess I'll go first then. Okay, fine. I'm ready. I'm ready. I can do this. I got, All right, I got you're ready. All right. So I love this movie very much. I, like the whole series has definitely like held a held a place in my heart. Like love it. I, I remember. Like I didn't. I don't even think I saw the first. I didn't see the first movie in the theater. I know that. I remember my dad saw it on like he went away on a business trip and he came home. And I remember him telling like the whole story of the movie. And I was like, <laughs> this is friggin' amazing. Like as a little kid, I'm like, this is great, dad. I need to see this movie right away. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in 1985, right? We were all so yeah. young. Oh, so man. When, when this movie came out, like I was I, probably at that point, I had seen it a bunch of times. The first one a bunch of times. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I was like totally on board for this, and like I, I remember seeing it and thinking this movie is great. I still think it's great. Um, like you said, like all the special effects like hold up so well. Um, oh yeah, I was totally thinking because like I have heard so many people complain about Back to the Future Two and like that they didn't like it. It's the worst one in the franchise, and like I, I just think it's great. Like the <laughs> like. For a movie about time travel to see like their idea of the future and how it was, and I think it was great. I I love it. Um, is it my favorite in the series? It might be. One is probably my favorite, but like this is close. Mm, I, I yeah. I, I who wants? Do you want to play? Do you uh, do you oh, do you want to go? Gonna, is go? he going to give a grade, Josh? You oh, right, grade yeah. it? Do you have well, a, I, yeah, a letter I grade. A grade? I will. I will give it as a letter grade. I will give it probably. I'm gonna say A minus. Oh, there you go. Very well. Very, very good. Very high. Very good grade. I will. Right. I'll go next. I'll go next. Sure. Really enjoyed watching uh, this particular time in like kind of half casual mode because I already know so much about it, but also like have like, Oh, what cool things can we like look up to talk about on the, on the thing? Because there's stuff that we've known like forever that unless you do like a deep dive into like figuring it all out or like watching the DVD extras or the digital, whatever extras or whatever, like we knew that they <laughs> shot these two things at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. like that we know that's for sure. And then, you know, some of the stuff is kind of lore and you kind of forget about the recastings or like what exactly happened. I couldn't tell you who's the new person. I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like if you're just like ask someone like off the top of the head, they're like, oh, I remember something kind of like that. But definitely like the. As far as like my different genres of movies, like where there's a dystopian future, I like that stuff where there's time travel i like that where these see i actually you know even the chicken thing like every running gag through everything like you know from uncle joey like get used to the bars when he's a little baby <laughs> right you know, to like to every little thing that you ca- that i'm gonna that and there's new things to catch every time almost because like if we were to all watch back to the future three we'd probably remember a lot of stuff from just seeing this this week just be like oh yeah there's that thing that oh, totally that so i just i love all that stuff all like the jaws 19 i love all the oh, right all, all of the, all the 20 and and they like they did it when since 2015 chronologically was 
not that long ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> they did do like a, a couple of cool things that I hadn't really seen till now, like some Doc Brown stuff getting out of the DeLorean. And um, also like they they cut like a teaser trailer for Jaws 19. And they like oh, really? did all <laughs> of the like Jaws they had like something like jaws 17 shades of gray scales or whatever they had like a horror one they had robo jaws <laughs> they listed them all out. it's a funny like trailer thing that we could we should like link put it on the website but uh yeah but anyways it's an endless fandom that's not comic books it's not star wars it's not star trek it's not james bond but it's a fandom that means so much to me like like i said like there's not a lot of like pop culture things that I have in common with my sister. Like our music is pretty, we overlap on a lot of stuff, but like my sister doesn't like star Wars and star Trek. You know what I mean? But my, my sister and I could riff and talk about back to the future anytime. And it's just like, just such a classic for me. I got to give it, I'm going to give it an a, I'm going to give it an a plus. I probably, oh, I probably give, maybe an a plus to the first one too i will have to go back and see i yeah i agree everything there's something about you talking about the fandom i think this like it's almost like because this does transcend it's not just like there are people who yeah yeah there are star trek fans but there are people who like man star trek is nerdy still even to this but day also but like another like, another movie i don't want me to cut you off but another thing is no, like no, no. Ferris bueller is that like with me and my sister at least you know what i mean like right. Ferris Bueller, well, back to the future those things it's like very broad appeal yeah it, it is you know if someone made fun of you for liking back to the future that's that's just there's something wrong with them right because <laughs> every, everybody loves this movie like no one's gonna be like oh you nerd you like back to the future this this is almost yeah this is universally loved and with good reason it is such a well-made movie though this one particularly they're all good in their own way but like the first one and the third one right are okay we're stuck in this time period and we gotta get back right like that's it's basically the plot of the first and the third this yeah. one they're all over the place they're yeah, twisted terms, man. bad 1985 1955 like it's like they're they're all over the place and that there's so much going on and people talk about oh this is the dark one or whatever i think this one is just adventure from beginning to end and uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I love this movie for all that. The same. It's like I said at the beginning. Like I remember, I have very fond memories of seeing it in the theater. I, I I had the soundtrack tape, like I told you. I had. I mean, I loved it. I love this. I don't care how many things they got right or wrong. I know. I we joked about 2015 and oh, this is self-drying clothes. Oh, we don't have those yet. But I mean, like it's it's so well done. Like the future is well done. The like the past, the bad, everything is so perfect. So much attention to detail. Yeah, I, I give this in a straight A, just A. I can't really say anything bad about it, except like I said, the chicken thing, they really drive that home. There's a lot of foreshadowing for the next one, but that's okay. I mean, you know. A and A minuses are extremely high grades. As far yeah, as we're even all... our averages yeah. over the like we have I even given an A plus? I don't even know why I gave this an A plus. Maybe know. it's a straight no. A. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I don't. I, I just I didn't really think that much about it. But A plus seems a little 
Maybe little, I can, maybe I'll, I want to I want to roll mine back to a a straight A. Okay, I want to roll right. it back because <laughs> I was just so excited because it, this was really was it's it's so fun that it kind of yeah, like makes you want to be like yay. Well, that's the I thing. Yeah, this movie, movie, this movie never stops. It just goes, goes and goes, goes. So, yeah, I don't think there's anything really. Like I said, I, I complained a little, one or two little things. I still don't know why Michael J. Fox had to play his daughter. It doesn't matter. Who cares, right? It's all good. <laughs> and as far as like time travel stuff, right? Like we've seen a lot of time travel movies, and people complain about, like you talked about Endgame, and some people think the time travel there was a little wonky. And or or like in X Men or whatever, like time travel. This is perfect. This is time travel. How they did it, you know, how to do it. Yeah, this is how. It's almost like it's all theoretical, theoretical, anyways. But like, this is how, I guess, like aspirationally, I would want it to work. You know what I mean? It's the model that I understand the most clearly, and it gets really complicated really fast with the butterfly effect and all that stuff. Like really, right. even the Star Trek episodes are more complicated than they need to be, you know, uh, but like, this yeah. is like how I want it to be. It doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. If you're going to write your own comic book or Rick and Morty episode, mm-hmm. or like you're going to create something on your own and you need to put time travel in it, stick with these principles and don't get right. too complicated beyond that because this is basically all you need and you can still do tons of fun stuff with it yeah 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 absolutely don't yeah don't don't bog yourself down with like what might have actually happened or what might actually happen because it's all bullshit anyway whether or not biff was like (laughs) could could buy the angels or you know and affect the economic you know status of california don't think yeah, about stuff like that. That's yeah, just, don't for overthink me, it. I'm already thinking about it, so don't worry about it. <laughs> That's a whole other episode, I suppose, right there. But we don't need to worry about it. Uh, and it, does anybody have anything else to add? I know Josh probably get you got to go, but yeah, uh, I'm gonna go put kids to bed and watch Back to the Future Three. All right, it sounds like a good night. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to check us out on our on wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify and Stitcher and, and Apple and leave a review and check us out at leaguepodcast.com and YouTube and all that. And thanks again, Josh. It was great to talk to you as always. Great to talk to you guys. See you later. See you in the future. Hey, yeah, I'll see you oh, guys awesome. in the future for sure. <laughs> Definitely in the future. It's a date. <laughs>
my daughter. Now listen, I'm just in the wrong house. You got that right. You 